If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio, the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong, Jesse Frank, Jack. and Joe Getty. Joey, baby! Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Armstrong and Getty. But I know this. They're loco. And everyone knows it. But the dramatics could come down just a little bit. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. I've never understood any of this stuff. I'm not an economist, and I'm not going to become one, the dismal science. But they always give you the the headline number in all the headlines. And then the second paragraph is the core number, which is what economists mostly look at. Well, then why didn't you put that in the headline? Why don't you use the number economists think is the most important number? Why do we use a different number? I don't under. I've never understood this. But anyway, well, and and the media acts like <laughs> you know. Well, people get used to hearing the uh, that the big number, the not core number, though whatever that term is. And, but you're the media, right? And if if you're going to say one paragraph later, the number most economists think is the most relevant number is well, then start with that one. Go with that one. <laughs> anyway, that one is at five point three percent. That's Oof. when you strip out food and fuel because they're so volatile. The core prices is up 5.3% in May compared to last year at this time, which is really something slightly higher than what economists had expected. So, okay, so that's the opposite of the other number you're giving. I don't know. I don't want to get bogged down in that. Um, the other question is, is the Fed going to raise interest rates uh, again? They have 10 times in a row. They're meeting this week. They have 10 times in a row now, and there's some argument that it's slowed enough. Inflation is slowed enough that they don't need to keep uh, raising interest rates, which are now over 5%. I don't know. Car prices, by the way, are settling down a little bit, they think. But listen to this. The price of new cars was 4.7% higher in May than a year earlier. They were crazy oh. high a year ago. 47 percent higher than that 
And I've been at a number of car dealerships just kind of for fun. My son's really into cars. Practically every new car you look at, you know how it used to be. You look at the the that complicated government piece of paper they put on there with the the phony mileage and everything like that, and right, yeah. and then and then they go through all the stuff and then they got the price and then you'd think, okay, so if they're asking fifty, I'll offer them forty or whatever. You know, that's that's not the price you're going to pay. It's the opposite now. It'll right. say sixty five under there plus ten thousand just cause or plus 15,000 just cause we can just cause it's you don't the, have any if choice if you want the car fee yeah exactly <laughs> if you want this you better pay that much cause somebody else will fee so that's just unbelievable yeah but that is yeah. still the case you know, getting back to the Fed thing briefly, I was reading in the journal, the Wall Street Journal. I say the journal so I sound cool. Um, <laughs> that uh, the that whole couple of banks collapsing thing has led to some real concern that's lingered in the banking industry. And so credit has gotten like tighter than they want it to be. What do you do if that's the case? You lower the Fed rate. But the Fed is not in a rate lower in mood. In fact, quite the opposite. So it's a little complicated trying to figure out what they're going to do this time. I wouldn't be surprised to see if they stand pat, but my prediction is useless. So forget I said it. The fifth paragraph in the journal says core consumer prices climbed 5.3%. Economists see core prices as a better predictor of future inflation. Then why isn't that the headline? Okay, I'll leave that alone. You're but... the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you can... lead. Go ahead and choose the number you think is most important to put at the top. I don't understand. All right. All right. Um, one more thing. The U.S. economy has maintained momentum this year, staving off predictions of a recession. The job market remains robust, which is good news or bad news. I'm not sure. And consumers have boosted their spending, though one measure shows economic output is following a possible credit crunch following the March collapse of the regional banks that you just mentioned. Right, yeah. Uh, how long can that go on? I had a conversation with people IRL the other day about that. How long can people continue to? I was talking about the how, you know, we we're talking about inflation and this and that, but restaurants, airports, theme parks are all still packed. Um, well, how long can that continue? Or is everybody putting that on the credit card? How is that working out? They do one of those. They pick a family and use them as an example in the Wall Street Journal today. A guy named um, a Williams, 45 years old, has got a couple of kids. And he's talking about how expensive it is to have his two kids playing on traveling sports teams right now. Airline tickets, hotels, all that has gone up. The fees to participate in the tournaments has gone up. Prior to the pandemic, those fees might have been $40. Now they're $65, $75, $85 for the kids to play. And how he's had, he decided to cancel his cable plan, which was $230 a month to try to offset mm. it. But everything I have noticed, everything is, I haven't been able to adjust my head to. I'm shocked every time I'm hit with a number. Like, what? Oh, yeah, that's right. Everything's different now. It costs what to do what? Yeah. Crazy. Whether you're this municipal swimming pool or whatever you're doing. I remember when I could take my best girl to the Nickelodeon for a nickel. Right. And that was two years ago. And then bang my, my switchblade on the brain barrel to get it all bent. Anyway, uh, speaking of things consumers do, I thought this was interesting from the WAPO. We've posted a link under hot links at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, the do's and don'ts of using home security cameras that see everything. And it's a little long and a little technical. It's the sort of thing you ought to just keep around. Uh, but print that out and keep it or whatever. Uh, and, and certainly go with Simply Safe uh, for 
your home security, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. But they talk about how hackable systems can be and how you need to be careful where you put your cameras because they're so hackable and how to use encryption and change the default passwords and uh, set up a separate Wi-Fi network. It's all sorts of really good advice. What, so anyway, that's what, it, armstrongegetty.com. What do they mean by you need to be concerned about where you put your cameras? Is that the walking around naked concern? Uh, yeah. and uh, If you, you want to see me naked... Knock yourself out. It's uh, it's not going to be what you were hoping for. <laughs> no, but they're talking about positioning it so uh, you know it doesn't catch bathrooms, for instance, or into your kid's room. Bathroom. Because, You're really oh, yeah. a weirdo. Yeah, you really are. But some people don't think about that. Or into your kid's room is not good because uh, hackers are big into blackmailing kids. If they see the kids doing something, the kid oh, would be wow. embarrassed to be seen. That they'll blackmail the kids. Kids have committed suicide over this. How? how I just this popped into my head. How many parents have put cameras in their kids' bedrooms? So it's more of a keeping an eye on my kids than it is keeping an eye on crime. You know, the old right. nanny cam that right. was a thing for a while. Do, do people do that? I haven't done that. But is that a common thing? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. I imagine it happens. Of course it happens. It'd be super easy now for me to have a camera... In the corner of both my kids' bedrooms, running constantly. And if I get a question about something, I could go back and roll through the tape. I'm not going to tell anybody how to raise their kids, but unless you have, like, a serious problem with they've been arrested a couple of times mm -hmm. or there's a serious substance abuse problem, oh, that's a bad way to go. I wonder if that's it's, a bad way to be. I wonder if it's the future, though. As we get no. more and no, more on camera terrible. all the time. No. No, I reject that. I reject it, uh, and I reject you even asking the question. It's a okay. sick question. You reject the question. So is that yes. the opposite of I take your question? Uh, yes, that is exactly. I reject your question. Okay. That's the question of an ass. Uh, do you say the... Uh, the the, um, the question of an ass. Huh. I'm just, I'm enraged, as you can tell. Quick survey, because I need to know this for myself. Michael. How many times yeah. do you use your towel? Do you, you dry yourself off in the shower before you wash it? How many times? Probably uh, three or four. Three or four. Katie, how many times do you use your, to your towel when you shower before you wash it? I would probably say two to three. Joe? Way more than that. <laughs> I'm, I'm way more than that also. Hanson? Yeah. Okay, so did the first two answers, now do you feel more comfortable? Yeah, Maybe you didn't I, answer I, completely honestly. Oh, I how interesting. Because Joe was the first person with the cojones to step up and say, I go longer than that. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Katie, or No, I'm, I'm being legit. <laughs> okay, well, the lone female answer is probably, yeah, that makes sense. My, my experience with women is they uh, wash their towel more frequently than... God, when I was a single man, I think... I God, there might have been... I might have gone a whole summer with the same towel. I don't know. The towel ain't junky till it's a little bit funky. <laughs> well, I'm clean. What am I doing? Right. I'm, I'm wiping off clean water from a clean right. body. How, That's what an is, excellent point. What is wrong with that? Yeah. You guys are gross. <laughs> if the towel don't stink, hang it on the sink. That's what I say. What? <laughs> hey, there's a little more on this security camera stuff if you want it. All right. But, uh, um, uh, also, it, it explains to you what your rights and privileges are if the police come asking for footage. Yeah. 
Yeah. You can certainly furnish anything you want. I mean, if there's somebody uh, burglaring the neighborhood, you might have camera footage. I mean, share it anytime you want, but, but you do don't you have, have to. to do without a warrant. You, uh, depends on where you are. Uh, San Francisco was the first town that changed that, right? In San Francisco, you have to. The businesses, I think, have to turn over their footage. That was a big first-in-the-country ruling. Yeah, I only have a vague memory of that story, mm-hmm. so I'll take your word for it. But And uh, finally, don't be creepy. Tell people where your cameras are. Have guests over, and you remember that uh, big time real estate guy got busted in Northern California because he was perving on people. Well, He'd invite guests over. And- well, wait a second. So you have people over, which I, I I I have to use this only in theory. I've I haven't had anybody over to my house in so many years. I can't even remember what that would look like, and I don't plan to in the future. But um, uh, if I did in some weird circumstance where another human being was in my house other than my family, would I say to them? Like we're sitting down to dinner. Good. Again, I can't even imagine this scenario. But I would say to them, <laughs> there's a camera up there in the corner, just letting you know. Well, uh, let, what does it say specifically? Uh, oops, that's the wrong section. Uh, there we go. Make sure everyone in the house is aware of where your cameras are and when they are on. Should I, ha- should I print out flyers? Like a little, like hand them a card when they walk through the door? Or one of those big uh, signs, smile, you're on video. That's what I'll do. I'll have a little one sheet, and it'll have uh, where the bathrooms are and uh, where the cameras are and any other pertinent information. You're going to hand a one sheet to your guests. (laughs) Surprising you don't have a lot of guests. (laughs) You know, I've got all sorts of great uh, consumer stuff that uh, I was hoping we could get to. We will eventually. I was wanting to talk about the intricacies of the the Trump indictment, but. Oh, jeez. Kidding. Completely oh. And now a word from our friends at MyPillow. Boy, listen to this. We got a tip for you. MyPillow has a massive closeout sale happening on their all-season slippers. And listeners are continually making the My Slippers the number one selling MyPillow product. And this is a really special offer. And these are incredible slippers, too. An exclusive four-layer design you won't find in any other slipper. The patented layers make them ultra-comfortable and extremely durable. And that's why they usually retail for $149.98. But right now, you can get these all-season slippers for 20 25 bucks with the promo code Getty. Yep, the all-season slippers, $25, regularly $149.98. That's over $120 in savings. You are limited to 10 pairs at checkout. It's that good. They are super comfortable and super durable. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square to grab a pair of these all-season slippers for $25, limited to 10 pairs at checkout. Enter the promo code Getty, G-E-T-T-Y, MyPillow.com. Look for that radio listener square and remember the promo code Getty, G-E-T-T-Y. Before we go to break, let's ponder... The psychological experiment we did on the Armstrong and Getty show where people were unwilling to answer honestly until someone else answers, answered honestly. Hmm? Let's think about that in our daily lives. It's a pretty well-known facet of uh, polling and economics and, and, and psychology that if your data is self-reported by the subject, you have garbage data. You, you mostly think what would be acceptable to others is right. the answer you give. Happens in political polls. Isn't that too. interesting? Is that yeah. what you did, Michael? Yeah. You were ashamed to say. I was ashamed to say it might have been five or six times. <laughs> if not higher. <laughs> wow. Look at him tiptoeing toward honesty. <laughs> All right. I'm disgusting. Inch by inch. <laughs> I'm using the same towel I used when I was 14 years old. That's a good one.
and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm thinking of doing a feature. Maybe I'll do it on Twitter or someplace called Did You Eat Worse Than Me Today? Wow. Yeah. Actually, my brother might be even better at that, at the put up against that. Like, take at the end of the day, take a look at what he ate and see if anybody ate worse than that. But, like, yesterday, mm-hmm. here, here's what I ate yesterday. I had, uh, well, first, I had like through almost four hours of Zoom calls with various doctors and therapists after working and a variety of other things. So it was just constant running around, stressful, pain in the ass stuff. And that is uh, enough to make a person completely insane. <laughs> But anyway, so I just running from one thing to another thing to another thing and having to make major decisions, all sorts of stuff. But so I went through drive through, got four cheeseburgers at McDonald's, and then I went home and washed that down with some chocolate birthday cake. So that was like oh. the major portion of my eating yesterday. Wow. And uh, I just I, I thought, does anybody, especially my age, eating as poorly as me? And how has my body just not stopped? Just said, all right, if you don't care, we don't care. Drop dead. Mm. <laughs> you know, there's probably somebody out there that can best you, but, you know, I'm guessing they're like a 600-pound trucker or something like that. <sighs> I can't be. You know, I, was, I tell you what, I was thinking of you yesterday. I was fighting through one of those miserable situations where the tax guy says you've got to have this form. Oh. Had to do with a health savings account. Oh, uh, and the benefits people at the one of the fabulous uh, and patriotic American corporations that we're associated <laughs> with. <laughs> Theoretically, they have this form. Theoretically. Sure. Right. But you got to get signed in. So it was a back and forth with benefits and HR with various uh, double authenticated sign in codes and the rest of it. And it was my, my brilliant wife, myself. My iPhone, my iPad, and my MacBook all involved in it all fronts. It's like a Mike Lyons is always talking about how you have to have the infantry and air support and <laughs> artillery and tanks and logistics to, to, to win the war of getting this effing form. And I thought, there you are trying to deal with the fellas, and I salute you, uh, you scrambling parents everywhere. You it's know, not easy. You know, yeah, God dang it. It's like I mentioned the other day about trying to get my son on the hot lunch. He finally wants to eat the hot lunch, and it's a different website that uses a different login that has a different password. That is a d- Of course um, it has a different <laughs> login, because you can't have the Russians stealing the secrets of our fish stack. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm surprised nobody's made the argument, maybe I'll do this, because maybe it would help, that this has got to be a special especially tough on people with lesser education and lesser resources, people that don't have iPads and iPhones and college degrees and everything like that. How are they supposed to navigate this crap to take advantage of, you know, your various things that you can do in the modern world? You got to throw in people of color. If you don't, you're a fool. (laughs) Whatever it would take to try to streamline this stuff. Our native peoples have been shown to have 78% more trouble finding their yes. password yes. than white people. Throw yes. that in. Nobody will check it. Yes. Nobody checks any of this crap. I There's no data beyond that. I love that angle. I'm going to start yes. working that angle to see if I can get things fixed. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. Celebrating 25 years of radio excellence. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We're taking a little time off to enjoy family, friends, and overeating. Hope you're having a great week, too. Holy cow, there's so much to talk about. Oh, yeah, we have a lot of great segments for you this weekend. They're they're leftovers. You like leftovers, right? So we got segments here that we've heated up and put gravy on top of, and maybe... Eh. And taking that metaphor too far. If you want more, grab our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. You should probably subscribe to it. There are chocolate muffins here. Homemade chocolate muffins here. <laughs> As we all know, uh, if you heard our podcast, Michael has got a health situation, so he no longer eats stuff like that. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing good, and uh, everything's going good health-wise. Hanson said he ate yours to make sure. He yeah, ate, he I ate said, his and yours. Yeah, I told oh, him to eat it. That was generous of him. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not having one, and I'm going to say this on the air to help me along. I shouldn't say this on the air, because I'm a single man who would like to, you know, at some point not be single. So this is not the sort of thing you would normally broadcast, but I think it's helpful for me. Wow. When, okay. I, when I stepped on the scale today, it was the highest weight I've been in, I don't know how many years. Moving up. Mm. 
why, why am I doing the opposite of what you generally do if you're single? I'm running a lot and lifting weights, so that's nice, but my eating is out of control. Well, as you know, I believe a new era has begun. I've called it the fightening. Um, I, maybe you're just putting on pounds nah, for the inevitable nah, nah, nah. Uh, wrestling. I've always rolled up my eyes at people and say, well, I am lifting weights a lot, so I pray. You know how much you have to work to gain like a pound of muscle? Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying it's that. Insane. I'm saying you're like an NFL lineman. Right. They're strong and they're big I just, and fat just need the because it takes more energy to move them. I just need right. to be able to push people over. Right. I'm, I'm working on that. I was actually looking at the scale today. I was like, seriously? Is this even possibly true? Fat. Scale don't lie. It's a, it's a weird thing about... Um, uh, there, there's just something about it because there's other, so many other aspects of life where you can kind of maybe it's this, maybe it's that, or whatever. But th- certain things like your bank account and the scale mm. or your yes. credit card bill or whatever that are just so factual, they're not interested in your rationalizations. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't oh, wait, scale, wait, wait a minute. I can see what weight you think I'm, I am, but blah, blah, blah. Credit no. card's a good example to you. Doesn't seem like I spent that much last month. It's right there. The numbers are right there. That's what you spent last month. There's yeah. no massaging that. Same with the. Doesn't, doesn't feel like I've been eating that much. Okay, it's right there. What do you want? A couple of things here on the Republican run, uh, race for who's going to be president. Uh, before I ask Joe's opinion on something. You also said we missed the headline out of the big poll from a week ago. I want to hear that. A major headline, yeah. Okay. Well, the big headline was Trump's unbeatable pretty much. That was the big headline. A um, uh, couple of developments that are worth noting. I came across this yesterday. I was unaware of it until I heard some people talking about it. Then I looked it up. You know who's got the by far the highest negatives? By far. Like, it's not even close. The highest negatives of the people left that are running for the nomination? Who that? The fat man, Chris Christie. Huh. People do not like Chris Christie. What do you suppose that's about? I don't really know. I know I got my personal opinion on that. I think he has a rep in the Northeast as being a little slippery. Um, I think he's completely phony. He tried it. He wanted to be the attorney general for Trump so damn bad. And then when he got embarrassed and hung out to dry, all of a sudden then he's anti-Trump and Trump's dangerous and a bad guy and all that Whatever. Right, yeah. I, You know, uh, Christie says intelligent stuff now and again, but oh, I don't yeah. think of him as a candidate. He needs to get off the stage. Yeah, he's not a real candidate. He's a, he's one of the people that I don't think is actually running for president. I mean, you can't... Uh, th- th- I, um, uh, I heard this yesterday. I think it's true. You, Tim Scott and um, uh, Pence... Them getting out when they got out is proof that they were actually running for president. They weren't just trying to get a cable news show or anything like that. Right. Yeah, I would buy that. Yeah. Some of the other people aren't. Um, It's interesting. Mark Halpern writes in his newsletter that the way Mar-a-Lago is reacting to Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, because Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley are really battling right now for for bundlers and uh, attention and news cycles in Iowa and New Hampshire and that sort of stuff. But all the reaction out of the Trump campaign would lead you to believe that they really still only think DeSantis is a threat. That is DeSantis the guy that could sneak up on him and cause him trouble because they're not taking on Nikki Haley anyway. I don't know. I, I don't know why they think that. Maybe they got some internal <laughs> polling or, or whatever. One other thing I was going to mention before uh, Go ahead. I ask you your question. This is pretty big news. Fannie Willis down in Georgia... She's the judge down there. 
predicted that the Georgia election case is likely to go into early 2025, which means that one is off the table as a as the big disruptor in Trump's running for president. Yeah, she's the prosecutor, but the prosecutor, she would sorry. know, I guess. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. So that's huh. going to go into 2025. So that one is practically a non-factor now in the whole thing. I wonder if somebody prevailed upon her. Uh, to to change the schedule I'll bet. to talk to the judge. Right, I can right. easily see uh, Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, going to her and saying, hey, you know, there's plenty of time to do justice. You do this during the election, America's going to b- end up in flames. Right. And we can't have individual states dragging candidates down during elections. We just can't. I mean, that could get out of control so fast. Yeah, I think the, uh, the the circumstances would have to be so incredibly unique and urgent to do that. And if I would he's, agree. If he's guilty of something, you know, for reals, there's you can deal with it after the election. Punishment will come. Do you do, can you can you spin out a situation in your mind where Trump doesn't end up the candidate? What's the most likely way that could happen? I've heard many people pundit on this. Oh boy, it's all a stretch. That's, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, I some fact emerges that it's got to get the base out of the Trump camp. That's the all the scenarios that people come up with. Well, if he was convicted of something serious, that's not going to affect the thirty-five percent of the Republican base that's with Trump. No okay, matter what. well, it's interesting that you're looking that way because I think most people are look at it as you just got to consolidate that other 65 percent yeah i would agree trump can have every person in the base he he, he, for for the rest of his life but it's not as big a number as the other people right the reason i didn't go there at first is that i saw a poll not too long ago that an extraordinary number of people who were supporting another candidate their second choice was trump right so it, it would almost have to be something black swanish something that hurts trump with the base or you know i don't maybe i lack the imagination to come up with you know what could happen but uh i i haven't come up with it yet yeah it's interesting though how something something somebody just in, in all realms of the world sports teams whatever uh, uh an economic horizon whatever things can look inevitable but as soon as they don't every your your whole mindset about them changes yeah. And that's why, like, a surprise DeSantis win in Iowa or something like that. I just wonder how much different Trump would all of a sudden look if he, if that happens. Uh, yeah, a couple of thoughts. Number one, which I'll uh, hold until after a quick word from a sponsor. But um, the what you indicted Chris Christie for, 100% correct. On the other hand, Donald Trump does that all the time expresses unbelievable uh, excitement and and uh and and enthusiasm for a person they're the best they're the greatest ever blah 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 he's and different then he, said, then he fires them and this says no they suck they always sucked i hated them no he's they different though. trump's him. different though you ask me why why nobody knows <laughs> but he's just different because he's built a cult of personality that, that and isn't stuff called to be responsible for anything he says or does that stuff doesn't work on him for whatever reason all right. He gets to play right. by different rules than everybody else. It's just it's clearly true. I mean, there's no doubting that. Yeah, I would agree. So what did we miss in that poll? This is, this must be uh, labeled with a big giant asterisk. That's the little star thingy. 
Down below the note is, eh, all these people are a contingency in case Trump doesn't win the primary. Or something extraordinary happens, he clutches his chest, goes down, all that McDonald's, finally clogs up his aorta, although it, he's shown no signs of that <laughs> thus far. Um, I missed this completely. Uh, Kim Strassel of the Wall Street Journal pointed this out. The headline on the big New York Times Siena poll a week ago was that Trump was ahead of Biden in five of six swing states. Right. And that is a hell of a headline. I'd say. Because the last uh, several elections have come down to a couple of states and not very many voters. But as Kim points out, the better headline is that Mr. Trump remains the GOP's weakest bet against President Biden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The poll found that Nikki Haley cleaned Biden's clock in key swing states, while Trump would theoretically beat Biden by 5% in Michigan, 4% in Pennsylvania. Ms. Haley leads by 10% in each state. And while Trump is behind Biden by two in Wisconsin, Haley's ahead by 13. See, I thought about this yesterday. I was fantasizing about this. There's a chance the next debate in December will just be Haley and DeSantis. They're making the bar pretty high to reach. And at least so far, they're the only two that could make it on there, not even Ramaswamy. But so is there any chance you'd have a Haley DeSantis get there, hold their hands up together and say, we're your ticket. We run together. See, the problem would be who's at the top and who's at the bottom. That's where the rubber meets the road. But if they held their hands up and said, we're your ticket, we cannot be beaten by any Democrat in America. Guaranteed. Polls show it. Man, I would love that. Um, they would almost have to say, look, this is the ticket. We don't know who's on top yet. We're going to go through Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and Super Tuesday. And whoever's ahead at that point will be the presidential candidate on our ticket. And the other one will be the Veep. Yeah, I was trying to come up with a way that they could handle that or like some sort of co-presidency or something. The Constitution doesn't, you know, somebody would be the president, actually. Sure. But, yeah. But that's true. They would be unbeatable. It's There's no way DeSantis Haley would lose. Not a chance. And DeSantis could say, look, if I'm the POTUS, she is going to have a serious portfolio in foreign policy because she's brilliant and make on me geopolitics. Oh, Lord. You're coming off like Vivek. Why don't you make fun of her being in heels now, you, you misogynist pig? Then if I'm Nikki Haley, I say, you know what? The, the governor here has done some brilliant work on getting the Marxist wokeness out of education. That would be his portfolio in my administration. Yeah, yeah I think they'd, they'd win 48 states. I think you make Nikki the top of the ticket just because the first woman gets you extra votes, too, from a lot of people that might just vote for that. Except, as the asterisks pile up, Joe Biden isn't running. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody could beat Haley DeSantis. I don't care if Joe Biden's not no. running. Not a chance. Anyway. Right. Quick question for you. What if you happen to miss this unbelievable radio program? The answer is easy, friends. Just download our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's the podcast version of the broadcast show, available anytime, any day, every single podcast platform known to man. Download it now, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Came across this article in the Washington Post. Millennials aren't having kids. Speaking of kids, and here's why. Uh, they looked into some statistics that were actually different than a lot of the stuff we talked about in the past that I found pretty darned interesting. And the I want to talk a little bit about the culture of children just in general. Out of last Tuesday's election, what was the number one topic the next day? About how abortion, about how abortion plays in America. And I was uh, reading a, a long article in National Review about how abortion and the views of abortion are downstream from our politics or our culture and how culturally we are just way more anti-kid than we used to be culturally. There's no doubt about it. And they use the example of the way people react to pregnancies, especially for like anybody under like 27. It's seen as, Uh oh, as opposed to, oh, what a blessing. Um, the, The movement toward flights, restaurants, hotels that are kid-free, which would have been unthinkable not that many years ago, just because, you know, you really want to be away from kids because kids are so awful. The way people react to the idea of large families, they see that as kind of weird. You know, just all that sort of stuff that didn't exist not very long ago leads to some of our attitudes about abortion and voting and all that different sort of thing, which I think is really, really interesting. But one of the stats that they, they brought out in the Washington Post is the number of people who have one kid has remained flat going back to, like, the mid-70s. 
So while we're having fewer kids and there's a lot more ha- people having no kids, the number of people who have one kid has remained flat for a very long time. My interp- I'm surprised by that. I've got to uh, admit. Well, my I thought it was on the rise. My interpretation of that that's like the least popular choice. I'll get to that in a second. To have one kid, oh. if you're going to be, if you're going to have kids, that's like the least popular choice. By practically nobody thinks having one kid is a good idea, including people who have one kid. Isn't that interesting? But um, to me, that says that the argument of people aren't having kids because of the economy or rent prices or whatever doesn't that fly in the face of that? I've always thought that that's stupid. I've never believed that that it's economic reasons that people aren't having kids. There's, there's something going on with uh, the species where we just feel like we're safe and there's enough of us we don't want to have kids. But if wouldn't you think the number of people having one kid would be growing steadily if it was about how much it costs to have a kid? Yeah, that makes sense. I've never bought that explanation either, so I haven't thought about this much. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So people that are going to have kids, they go ahead and have two or more. Mm-hmm. They don't have one. So that has stayed flat pretty much our whole lives. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, uh, If you want to have kids, but they're just too damn expensive, you'd have one. Almost nobody thinks you should have just one child. What do you think is the ideal number of children for a family to have? I have two. Joe has three. Michael has two cats. Hanson has yep. two. It's because only cats are obnoxious and, and self-centered. Uh, the most popular number for kids, if you're going to ask people, is two, 44% of people, followed by... Three at twenty nine percent. So that's the biggest bulk of what do you think is the ideal number of kids? That puts puts you mm-hmm. at what eighty three percent. And then the next biggest chunk is four kids. Only three percent of people think one is the ideal ideal number of children, which huh. includes a majority of people who have one kid. Let's find that interesting. Sure. Um, by the way, only two percent of people think. Zero is a is a good idea. Yet that's a growing trend. Hmm. Even if you poll people who currently have one child, only six percent of them consider one to be the best number. Zero is, is even less popular. That's really interesting because people tend to be uh, really into self justification in polls like that. You think they want to explain why their lifestyle is indeed a good idea? So that that's telling that it's only six. Yeah. Um, parents with fewer kids almost always think more kids would be ideal. Hmm. So doesn't that fly in the face of the reality of what we've got happening with people not having kids in our population? The lowest it's ever been. The birth rate is the lowest it's ever been in the United States of America right now. Well, yeah, it, it absolutely flies in the face of that. And I think it's coming together in my head what you're driving at. Um, clearly, this puts a lie to... All of the kind of surface sociological explanations for declining birth rates. It's not expense or I really like travel and stuff like that. It's something biological going on, biopsychological, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So we're. And whether it's hormones in the water supply or or cell phones or, or porn or just something way down deep in our lizard brains that are telling us don't reproduce, you don't need to. We've talked about the startling drop in sperm count, but I think that's as a result of the fact that we don't want to have kids. So everybody says, oh, you're not interested? Okay, well, stop producing sperm then. Let's not waste our time here. 
Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and also, I don't know that many people who really want to have a family, but they just can't get pregnant I, because they're because of a sperm issue, because the guy doesn't have enough of them. So I don't, that's not contributing to it. This is something we got to figure out. Elon Musk thinks it's the biggest problem facing mankind is just that we've lost the desire to have children. Things are getting yeah. weird, and they're getting weird fast. I would agree, Elon. Armstrong and Getty. This is the day that we say you're about to open a pit of hell. The Bobcat Techno Boys. Huh? A Bobcat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on, guys. Obviously, this does not appear to be a nominal situation. Well, Lottie freaking God. Okay. Come on. That was quite entertaining. That was really cool. It, it, it makes no sense. This country is going to be in big trouble. I'm going to call my lawyer. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.